Hello and welcome to another Bunker Daily. I'm Andrew Harrison. So, what's a fair price for a bottle of disinfectant during the lockdown? Is it £3 or £29.99? How about hand sanitizer at five or ten times the regular price? Or three bottles of Dettol for £45 instead of £7.50? These are all examples of online price gouging detected by the consumer watchdog Witch. They seem to indicate that if you're going to talk about a wartime economy, you've got to expect to get spivs as well. Which has launched an online tool to report price gouging on coronavirus essentials, which have left many key workers and charities without the products that they need. And which has found widespread evidence of profiteering both online and offline. Here with me to talk about it is Witch's senior consumer rights editor and bunker listener, Adam French. Hello, Adam. Good to see you listeners in powerful places. How are you doing? It's always good. It's not what you know, it's who you know, right? Absolutely right. Yes, it's the uh, yeah the secret, you know, behind the stairs and all that kind of thing. So, how, how's your lockdown going? Whereabouts are you? Uh, I'm in sunny, leafy Walthamstow. Um, it has to be said, lockdown to begin with was sort of novel. Um, there was a lot of work. Um, didn't really have time to think about what it meant beyond the, the consumer slice of the world that um, I look at professionally. But um, it is starting to grate. There's no, yes. there's no, there's no market around there. But unexpected benefits, my 5K times are improving from non-existent uh, to now edging towards 35 minutes, which isn't bad for a guy with a bit of timber. I'm working on a punishing couch-to-kitchen regime at the moment, and it's coming together really, really well. Um, <laughs> so tell us, the price gouging tool, what were the early, early indications that made which launch this tool? What, what, what made you think that it was necessary? Were you getting reports? Yeah, we've been hearing from our members, from, from members of the public since... Very early on in this this current crisis we're going through, especially when the advice came out around the requirements for hand sanitizer, and we started to see more and more reports coming in from from social media in particular of people complaining that the costs had really skyrocketed, um, especially when when shopping online. And then as lockdown hit, we published our first full piece of research, actually looking at at price gouging across the board, particularly on online marketplaces. So places like eBay and Amazon in particular, those are the ones that make up the lion's share of the marketplaces that we shop on in the UK. And we found just widespread problems there. The first page of results consistently finding hand sanitizer, toilet roll at the time was in huge demand as well, um, massively inflated prices. And then that actually drew a response from from number 10 during the usual coronavirus um, uh, press press uh, <laughs> statements yes. that we so look forward to every day. Um, so we had that amazing response from government there and Boris standing there saying he will consider legislation and wartime powers. Um, and it has all gone quiet, really, from government since then in a lot of ways. And we've been consistently publishing this research every couple of weeks, every couple of weeks, just un- unearthing more and more problems with products that we rely upon, those essentials. Uh, eye-watering prices, you say 10 times the usual price for something like hand sanitizer is incredible, really. We've even found one pack, two pack of 50 milliliter bottles of Carex. Um, they were on for $24.99 on Amazon instead of the usual two pounds. And it's not just one individual example each time. We're literally getting thousands of these reports right now. The tool's only been live a couple of weeks on the Witch website, and we've already had almost 1,600 reports via that tool as well. So this is clearly a, a huge problem for a lot of people. And a lot of people are pretty angry about it as well. It has to be said, they feel like they're being taken advantage of uh, by some fairly unscrupulous sellers in the current situation, rather than getting hold of the essentials they need at a fair price. 
is it all hand sanitizer and sanitary wear and bleach and, and soap and stuff like that? But are other are, are, are other products also being ramped up? I mean, you know, we've seen the, uh, the the ten pound pound of flour yet. We are we have seen problems like that with food in particular, and flour is something that again in North London you can't. It's magic. Um, people are meeting dealers for white powder at the moment, but it's flour. <laughs> um, you know, finding those kind of products is really difficult at the moment but in particular i think relating to this crisis we're going through right now it is hygiene products that we're seeing the most unscrupulous the most sort of reckless profiteering from some third-party sellers and online marketplaces but also in in brick and mortar stores as well it is those hygiene products that are particularly in demand um because of the crisis we're going through at the moment it is a health public health crisis it is a huge emphasis especially as we move into staying alert um we need to have hand sanitizer with us and and to be able to make sure we're maintaining those those hygiene standards that are expected so those kind of products are the ones that we are massively reliant on in this crisis at the moment and you could go to a a supermarket right now and and pick up a tub of carex or whatever for the normal price you'd expect to spend um but a lot of people currently are being shielded or in more rural locations are reliant on those online orders and if they can't get an online shopping slot with a supermarket, which we've heard from thousands of people at the moment, they're struggling to get hold of, then suddenly you find yourself on these online marketplaces trying to get hold of the essentials to keep your house clean, the soap, the hand sanitizer, ways of disinfecting, post even comes up quite often. You know, These are problems a lot of people are having in those locations. And then they're on marketplaces paying massively inflated prices for these products. So it does have a real impact on those people who can least afford it and are most vulnerable right now in the current crisis a lot of people who are probably you know more experienced with online shopping who haven't been pushed into it by the emergency would say it's not uncommon to see crazy prices on amazon and it's certainly not uncommon to see crazy prices on ebay particularly that uh you know they are, you know we've all seen amazon listings of people just trying it on with things like books you know 400 quid for a paperback um what would you say to the response that you know that's this, this is just the market working and and that actually if you if you look around you will find it at a reasonable price elsewhere you know maybe in the more reputable online dealers rather than perhaps the the, the wild west of these slightly less well known um, wholesale sites. Yeah, I mean it's it's always extremely difficult to to try and find a good deal online for those who are maybe less well versed in how to shop online. But what we are seeing here is a concerted effort to inflate prices of particularly the essential products. Um, It is things like hand sanitizer. It is things like toilet roll baby formula as well. We've seen problems with and actually ways of sanitizing baby sort of bottles as well. Um, Those are the products we're seeing where that particular inflation is happening on a much larger scale. So our research isn't particularly complicated. It's searching for key brands like Carex on Amazon, on eBay, and looking at the first page of results and then identifying clearly there has been a huge number of products listed on there at a massively inflated price. Now, outside of these crisis times, fair enough, you can shop around. But at the moment, when you're in these positions of crisis, where you are in lockdown or you're being shielded or being told to stay alert and not travel around as much, it's not as easy to shop around. And actually, it's something the UK has massively lagging behind on an international standpoint when it comes to protecting consumers from these price gouging practices. Now, if you look at America, where 
crises happen much more often where you're looking at extreme weather events, for example, a polar vortex. They have in place around 40 different US states now price gouging legislation, which clearly outlaws price gouging. Some of those states said that anything of a 20% or more price increase is price gouging. And they can send out cease and desist letters to stop those sellers from taking action. Then they can begin court action. It's actually criminal proceedings they'll be taking against sellers. Now, they have that in America. In Australia, our sister organization over there, Choice, are now campaigning for stronger price gouging measures to be introduced. They did have that in New South Wales in particular until just a year ago when it was removed in a bonfire of red tape. And since then, they've had bushfires and now a pandemic to contend with. And they're seeing the cost of essentials being massively inflated by online sellers or brick and mortar stores to try and capitalize and profit on the situation rather than provide people with their essentials. Now, we're lagging behind that massively in an international standpoint. Even in India right now, there are price caps on hand sanitizer. It's capped at 100 rupees per 200 milliliters, and that's around £1.7p at the moment. You know, we are not where we should be in protecting people. When you hear from those people who are desperate to get hold of, of products that they've been buying all along for their vulnerable relatives, for example, I've heard from someone who is buying a particular kind of hand sanitizer that has the appropriate moisturizer in for a vulnerable relative, and they no longer can get hold of that for the usual six pounds they were paying. It's now more than 30 on some online stores. You know, that's the kind of unscrupulous behavior, um, which really takes advantage of people who, let's not forget, uh, financially, a lot of us have taken a really big hit in recent weeks that we just were not expecting. And it's just utterly shameless behavior that the government should be protecting us from. It's been an article of faith in this country for the past 40 years that the market is at almost a natural law, that the market sets prices, the market determines supply, and you, can, you, you can't book it and adjust it. That's been something that has been accepted widely across the political spectrum. Does government, as it stands, have the power to intervene like this? Well, as it stands, the government could, but the regulators cannot. Um, so when it comes to the consumer Affairs, the ultimate regulator in that space is the Competition and Markets Authority, the CMA. Now, they actually are advising the government at the moment that they need to be given more powers to clamp down on price gouging. And it's something that at which we're massively on board with. Of course, we agree with exactly what the CMA is saying on that point, because at, the, at present, they can only really take action if something is in breach of competition law. So if someone's abusing a dominant position in a market to make a profit, then the CMA has very clear powers to act. But if it's small businesses, third-party sellers on online marketplaces, brick-and-mortar stores around the corner, the CMA do not have the tools at the moment to be able to take enforcement action, like in America, where they have the, the power to send cease and desist letters and then begin criminal proceedings. Here, whilst someone... Price gouging may be in breach of the consumer protection from unfair trading regulations, which outlaw sort of massively unfair behavior like this. Actually, the CMA would be stuck trying to begin court action and following it all the way through to completion, which would have a huge amount of time involved, to be honest, that just wouldn't be representative of how quickly you need to respond to make a real change in a crisis situation. So what they do need are those powers to be able to act quickly and decisively against price gouges. And at the moment, no one has that. 
So it's a bit of a so wild exercise- on those marketplaces to do that. So who would exercise that power? Would it be competitions and market authority officials, inspectors? Would it move to trading standards? What? What? Um, I think realistically, you're looking at it would be the CMA being able to take yeah. the action. Now, now they've had thousands of reports um, of price gouging as well as what we've received as well. And we're obviously sharing our, our information with them. They can then be in a position to to examine that, investigate and actually take appropriate action against those sellers. We're found to be sort of in the most egregious breach of price gouging rules. But that's one part of it. Um, that's one part of how they can be empowered to act. But what they also need from government is some clear rules around those that pricing. Um, now, you could go down the route we've seen in India where there is a clear price limit per 100 millilitres on hand sanitizer. It could be like in America where anything above a 20% price increase at a time of crisis you know, is price gouging, is considered price gouging on essentials. But let's not forget, this is the current crisis right now. This is the public health crisis we're going through right now. We hopefully won't, but may see a second peak, a second wave. We could see further lockdown measures introduced. It could have a bigger impact yet on our lives over the next year or so. And we could see demand for these key essentials begin to spike in line with that as well. Just because we're starting to ease lockdown doesn't mean this problem's going away. We know that extreme weather events are becoming more common. We see more problems with flooding in the UK and the north. There are future crises that maybe we can or can't predict right now. And actually, these laws not only protect us now, but will give the regulator the appropriate power to act to protect us in the next crisis and the one after that. At the beginning of the crisis, we saw quite a lot of price shaming videos doing the rounds on social media. and Many of them had quite nasty undertones, often xenophobic, uh, you know, sort of, you know, calling for boycotts from the from the right and the left. Um, and it did seem to sort of indicate the degree to which, you know, the, 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 not that the country was becoming hysterical about this, but certainly, you know, uh, you know, anger was rising and it seemed to be being channeled towards, often towards independent shops. Have you noticed in, in your um, in your research, have you noticed where the kind of the weight of price gouging is? Is it in bricks and mortar? Is it online? Um, have there been trends in it? Has it eased off since the, since the lockdown has bedded in and maybe supply chains have become uh, less strained? I think um, the nature of public discourse is a whole, whole separate conversation mm-hmm. around where those that shaming came in and how that, that played out, particularly on, on social media, is obviously concerning. But in terms of where we're seeing the, the price gouging actually happening, now the majority of reports we're receiving are about shopping online at the moment, yeah. but that's kind of understandable because we have been in a period of lockdown. Most people have been shopping online. That is where the majority of the problems we're seeing at the moment are happening. So around six in 10 of the products reported to us at the moment were sold on online marketplaces. And the majority of that is Amazon and eBay and a bit of on buy as well, which is a much smaller marketplace, but is growing in the UK and very prominent on search results at the moment. So those are the biggest sort of areas we've seen price gouging at the moment. But we don't know how that's going to develop as lockdown eases, as more and more people return to the high street, as more stores reopen. Now, we don't know yet, but we do know we had some reports of price gouging. In fact, Marks and Spencers were in a bit of hot water in The Guardian just uh, today about uh, some hand sanitizer being for sale for around £11.50 instead of the usual two to three pounds you'd expect to pay. They've apologized and said that that was a a pricing error, but we are seeing these things crop up from time to time 
in brick and mortar stores. And actually, I'll, it's I'll really sometimes set by algorithm in, in, in that, you know, because it's hard to imagine a person consciously deciding to price a bottle of hand sanitizer at £11. But if you've got automated supply systems and automated pricing systems, it could produce that kind of a result. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something where, where we see those automated systems, actually. That's where you need human intervention. That's where you need someone watching those things to make sure that isn't happening. And actually, that's yeah. something that eBay and Amazon have recognized as well in their ongoing action. We have to give them some credit here in how how swiftly they've tried to act and crack down on, on price gouging. They've stood up teams. eBay has doubled the size of its sort of human workforce on this to try and monitor those prices to combat any algorithms in that line. Amazon are doing much more to try and combat this problem as well, yet it is still happening. So everything they're doing is still not enough and you can see how easily it can slip through somewhere like MS. the thousands of listings you get online on these sites right now and that makes it doubly difficult as well which i think just reinforces how important it is that the regulator is appropriately empowered to take action it's not just reliant on online marketplaces and, and stores doing the right thing um it has to be a bit of stick really a bit of fear for those third party sellers to mean they're not listing products at inflated prices and to mean those brick and mortar stores actually have the right processes in place to make sure those algorithms aren't aren't free to to set prices too high and actually hold some accountability in the system there. Stepping away from essential products, I mean, I'm sure you were you were like me horrified to see the reports that Amazon had sold out of podcasting mics. <laughs> Genuinely shocking. And pers- personally, I've been you know alarmed that you simply cannot get beer-making ingredients for love nor money in this country. Yeasts and grains sold out everywhere. I don't know, you know, where middle-aged homebrewers like me are supposed to get our supplies from. Have you noticed other things? You know, you're a consumer editor. Have you noticed other shortages that are perhaps less less talked about because, frankly, they're not really essential? Yeah, well, funnily enough, the big one from a lot of people I've been talking to has been fitness equipment. Right. Uh, And it's funny because it isn't essential. But it, it kind of is. Um, dumbbells, weights, kettlebells, yoga mats. I mean, all those kind of things that you'd normally take for granted to be able to get hold of. Suddenly, they've just disappeared. And a lot of people are really angry about it because people take their fitness and well-being rightfully, very seriously. And suddenly, the the products that what they would rely on as part of their gym membership, for example, they, they just can't. They can't do that. Um so one yoga mat for sale and it was you know a good few hundred pounds on an online marketplace rather than the usual 20 30 quid you'd expect to spend certainly fitness equipment is one area where we've seen huge huge price increases um as you rightfully point out home brewing has seen a, a massive boom in popularity as has home baking um different ends of the scale there but the same sort of ingredients um and we've seen huge problems there with people getting hold of the ingredients and what they need to be able to do that but that's where it's very different so where we see supply and demand have a real impact and the prices inflate as a result on these non-essential products that kind of is the market at work but where you see there's essential products we've been talking about the hand sanitizers the the baby formula that's where we see those products are available. You can go walk to the supermarket right now and pay how much you'd normally expect to pay for them. But if you, for some reason, you have to shop online at the moment or you have to go to a brick and mortar store around the corner, they may be massively inflating the cost of that product. And that's something, it is essential. 
it is what you rely on. So it's a really important distinction if we do want to see government take this matter seriously. It's not about trying to control the market in any way. It's about making sure those people who rely upon these products are staying safe, are staying healthy, are staying hygienic at the end of the day with things like hand sanitizer and cleaning products. Those are the things which need to be protected. When it comes to non-essentials, luxury items, I'm afraid that is a matter of the market and supply and demand. We can't start to intervene and limit the price of every single product available. It has to be focused really on those essentials that people need. And you need someone like the CMA to be able to say what those essentials are as well, because there may be a degree of subjectiveness there. You may feel that actually a home brewing kit is utterly essential right now, um, (laughs) which is why you need someone independent to look at that. Well, my top tip is, uh, listeners, if you're lucky enough to live in a city and you're desperate for flour, go to a Polish shop, go to a Turkish shop, go to Asian shops. They've got tons of it. The Polish word for flour apparently is back That's what it says on the thing. You know, So you don't need to worry about getting to Sainsbury's. There's uh, more flour than you can possibly use, probably in a corner shop near you, if you're lucky enough to live near a corner shop. Um, thank you for joining us, um, Adam. It's been really interesting, and obviously this one's going to run and run. Listeners, remember, we're daily on Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays with the full-length panel podcast every Wednesday, so please do subscribe on your podcast app of choice. And if you want to leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts, that would be very wonderful. And you can support us on Patreon. Search Patreon Bunker Podcast to find out how to set up and the marvellous benefits thereof. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Bunker Daily was produced and presented by Andrew Harrison. The assistant producer was Jacob Archbold, and audio production was by me, Alex Reese. Theme tune by Kenny Dickinson. The Bunker Daily is a Podmasters production.